0: Welcome to the Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, the podcast where drinks and laughs are always being mixed up. I'm your host, Matthew Henry, the Sultan of Shakers, here to guide you through the craft of mixology with the precision of a perfectly balanced cocktail. And joining me, as always, is the man who needs no introduction, but demands one anyway. Ben Henry, the Grand Wizard of Whimsy, decked out today in a cloak made entirely of cocktail napkins and wielding a stirrer that doubles as a magic wand. Whether he's conjuring up mythical drinks from forgotten ingredients or teleporting us to hidden bars and realms unseen, Ben's here to add a dash of the extraordinary to our libations. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive into another spirited adventure of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. How you doing, Grand Wizard of Whimsy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, You know, this wand is also excellent for meeting out Corporal Punishment. Oh, well, then I I should behave today. (laughs) And, And so when you're sitting there with your scepter and your cloak of cocktail napkins, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your week.
1: All right, well, so let's see my week. Hmm. First of all, I'm very, very happy. Matthew, on this show, we generally try to talk about cocktails, just like on the baseball version. We try to just talk about baseball, but there is a little bit of crossover. And I think it's important to note that the day that this podcast goes live, not the day that we're recording it, but the day that it goes live is the first day that pitchers and catchers will be working out. It is Thursday, February 15th, the first day of spring training. Kitchers and Patchers have reported. And and so I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about that. It means that the official first day of spring has arrived. It is now spring. Right? It is. And yeah. So that's, that's how my week has been. I'm just like super jazzed. I'm jazzed. Baseball is back. My favorite pastime has returned, and so therefore it has been a
0: fantastic week. How are you doing? How was your week? You know, I can't complain. You know, the the regular, the five day work week kind of thing was was fine. The weekend, though, really picked up and started with my daughter and her indoor soccer game. She scored a goal yesterday or on Saturday, I should say. And she made it to the penalty box yet. This is what
1: every listener wants to know. This is the only thing we- No,
0: she is not in the penalty box. She's she's not elbowing
1: anyone in the neck. I mean, goals are all well and good, Matthew, but we want some action. (laughs) So we want violence is what we want. We want
0: some penalty minutes. You know, one of her teammates got in the penalty box in the first game and I congratulated her parents. Because that was yeah,
1: I feel like that's a that's something to celebrate, you know. You,
0: you could you, you go. yeah, is that not something that happens very often? It's only happened once in the three games that we've been in there.
1: Of all the three games, only one player
0: has been sent to the box. Yeah, and that was on our team. Yeah, the other team hasn't had anyone go to the penalty box. Yet. Anyway, the so that was great. It was great to see the daughter score a goal, and it was so funny because she scored, and you know how kids usually like when they score, they go running off into the crowd and they tear off their jersey or whatever she just wait what no kids don't usually do that matthew oh just the pros okay well anyway (laughs) she she totally acted like she'd been there before even though i think the last time she scored a goal she was like eight and so it was (laughs) she totally rifled a ball into the corner and just jogged back to midfield just i was going crazy on the sidelines and in the yeah i bet you were you know but but she just was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so that was great. And then, you know, watched the Super Bowl with you. Yeah. I uh, traveled down to Casa Benz and, and we pigged out and had drinks. And it was great, even though the result isn't what I was hoping for. All right. I do have a question for you, though. Oh. Okay. You had all this talk about spring and spring training. Mm -hmm. So spring doesn't actually happen for another, what, five weeks or so, middle of March, you know, uh, but, uh, but, but you mentioned that spring training is, is approaching uh, this week. So what, what do you think of when you think of spring? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Baseball.
1: (laughs) Baseball (laughs) is literally the first thing that comes to mind. Spring training. And then uh, let's see, track and field because that's what I used to do when I was an athlete during the spring. That was my answer. Yeah, yeah. And and then I don't know, flowers. Right. Yeah. I think
0: that's kind of that covers it all, right? I, I don't. That's it. Yeah. You know, some might say taxes. That's miserable. You know, that's that's a little bit further into the spring. I I, I agree with you. I I ran track like you for many years, and then I've coached it for many years. And so generally, when I think of spring, it's baseball and track starts. Uh, this year I'm not coaching track though, so I am just uh, just looking forward to baseball starting and feel like I'm going to have a lot more time to devote to my favorite baseball team and uh, go and see uh, the Giants play. So so spring is here, I'm excited, uh, and uh, today's uh, cocktails, I have a feeling, might be a little nod towards spring, even though we're not. Technically in spring yet. What are you
1: talking about? Why you and I agreed, Matthew, like we have fought. We fought about what the first day of fall was. We fought about when winter started. But you and I agreed the first day of spring is when
0: baseball spring training starts. That's the first day of spring. I, I'm i yes. I'm sorry if I implied otherwise. But yes, the first day of spring is on Wednesday when uh pitchers and catchers report
1: good because I I don't care like whether like the day and the night is the same length and all that BS like you know in like a lion out <laughs> like a lamb whatever stupid no baseball has started it is now spring no groundhog none of that baseball spring end of discussion
0: okay you heard it here folks Ben has announced it end of discussion all right but you know what time it is now is it that time time for tip of the, of the day. day! Tip of the day, Ben. Tip of the day. So we we decided, since it's the beginning of spring, that we were going to do cocktails that maybe conjured up spring and maybe a little bit of baseball or, or our favorite team. And so I think you and I took up that challenge admirably and we'll discuss those cocktails uh, in, in a bit. But it got me thinking as I was looking at creating today's cocktail, I got to thinking like, what spirit do I want to highlight here? And with spring, I decided that I wasn't going to go with one of the darker spirits that I wanted to do something with, with one of the lighter spirits. And so today's, today's tip is when creating your own cocktail, deciding on a spirit, you should decide what you ultimately want your cocktail to evoke when sipped. For example, do you want someone to feel warm and cozy on a winter's day? Well then, maybe a dark spirit like a bourbon or an Añejo tequila. You know, uh, are you going for a bright and refreshing vibe? Then maybe that's a gin, or God forbid, vodka, or even a Blanco tequila. You know, so those might be a good place to start. And so for me, today I went with, with, Gin. I don't even know what you decided to go with. We'll find that out in shortly, but I think that's a good start, right? Is like what what exactly do you want this cocktail to to evoke when sipped and and I think the the spirit definitely plays a major part into that. And so yeah, give that some thought. You know, what is it that you want this cocktail to have to come out of, and how what kind of spirit would be the best at at producing that feeling? I, I like this tip. I like this tip. I, I have a question. What what spirit
1: do you think would be appropriate for if you wanted to evoke the feeling of someone feeling assaulted and browbeaten? Uh, Campari, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Campari is a good one for that.
0: Yeah. I, I might say mezcal, but others might disagree. Oh, no, no.
1: Mezcal is, is like... Is like smoky,
0: hazy wisdom. Okay, all right, I could, I could get behind that. Yeah, uh, absinthe. You know, like in in heavy doses of absinthe might might. Oh,
1: mm. that's like, like I'm 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 having some sort of allergic reaction. I think is like if you're going for that, then you want absinthe. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I guess that probably means you use too much absinthe. <laughs> Probably <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're evoking that response, you use too much. But if that's the response you're going for, like if you want a cocktail, hey, that that uh, exemplifies spring. A lot of people get allergies in spring. Yes. Yes. Right. You could call it the hay fever and just put way too much absinthe in it. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking elderflower liqueur for that. But, but that. well, that's underneath it. Yeah. OK. That's underneath it. It's elderflower liqueur and then just way too much absinthe. And anyway, no, that's just a good tip. I like it. I like it. See, you can use a, you can use spirits and liqueurs to evoke all kinds of emotional situations and states. They don't just have to be nice. They don't have to be like warm and cozy and like bright and fresh and refreshing. They can be things like browbeaten and <laughs> allergic reaction
0: see yeah that, that that's where people like if you're like ben and just go towards the negative then by all means you know focus on those types of spirits <laughs> that's right that's right if you're like me and like to see the positive in things right then you know then it's warm and fuzzy or bright and refreshing right it just depends on what kind
1: of artist you are you, you use your paints in different ways <laughs> that's right the pigments are
0: the same, but they're not put on the canvas the way, same way.
1: That's right. That's right. But the emotion, the, 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 the true heart of the artist is different. I like it. And we all know that dark and bitter ones are the best artists. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that are remembered anyway. That's right. That's right. And I will happily wear that mantle.
0: People will remember my cocktails long into the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm wondering, uh, oh. now that... Uh, We've we've set that table. I'm just wondering how much Campari you have in today's uh, cocktail.
1: <laughs> OK, so, you know, we, we do this is we do like to keep the cocktail show about cocktails and the baseball episode about baseball. But at the end of the day, this is giant cocktails. Right. This that is the show. and 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 everybody listening to this show is a San Francisco Giants fan. Although it would be interesting. Do you think maybe we have like pulled in like one rando cocktail fan? Probably. who doesn't care about the San Francisco
0: Giants, but just listens to us for our cocktail episodes. Yeah, they should probably just listen to the Thursday happy hours and doesn't even care about the baseball one.
1: Well, the good news is that you can drink this cocktail regardless of whether you're not a San Francisco Giants fan, but because the day that this podcast is being published is the first day of pitchers and catchers for the San Francisco Giants, I made a cocktail specifically about spring training starting. So that is, the, that is the feeling that I'm trying to evoke. And, and honestly, Matthew, like uh, baseball, the start of spring training, it, it brings out a lot of feelings and emotions for me. In general, I just like baseball. I get excited about it, you know, because I know that a very long season is approaching and it's going to play itself out on a daily basis in front of me. And I get very excited about that. And spring training is when that story starts And so I wanted a base spirit that evoked baseball, you know, and and to me, when I think about baseball, I think about the baseball and I think about the wooden bats and the leather gloves and all of that to me evoked just sort of a leathery kind of earthy feel. And so to me, that was whiskey. And so that's what I'm doing today. I'm using a rye whiskey as the base to my cocktail, which I am calling a bit of spring. So that's the base to it. And, and the other flavors that were in the cocktail kind of evolved as I was exploring the, the cocktail. And so let me tell you what's in it first. It has one and a half ounces of 100 proof rye whiskey. I'm using Rittenhouse bottled in Bonn. It has three quarters of an ounce of Quantro. That's a reference to the San Francisco Giants. Quantro for a long time had a bottle that was black and orange. They have moved away from that recently. <laughs> so, but but that's I always like Quantro because of the black and orange. But any orange liqueur could be a reference to the San Francisco Giants. And then I have three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. Just picking that because I felt it paired well with the, the rye whiskey. And then I have a quarter ounce of simple syrup. That's there because it just just needed a little bit of extra syrup. But then, Matthew, hearkening back to your tip of the day, I chose this last ingredient because even though I think of spring training and the beginning of the baseball season as a beginning of hope and the beginning of something new, I'm also still a little bit bitter about the offseason. Shocker. Like, I'm always bitter, right? Because I think I had a month of bitterness not too long ago. When was that? Was that during the season? I don't even remember. I think it was. I think it was at the end of last season. I had my month of bitterness. But anyway.
0: I think it was October when the Giants weren't in the uh, playoffs.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. The Giants weren't in the playoffs. October was my month of bitterness. Well, so then the offseason was like, hey, they're going to go do all these things. They're going to get Shohei Otani. They're going to get Yamamoto. They're going to get both of them. And everybody's like, that's crazy. Nobody would get both of them. And then the Dodgers spent a billion dollars and got both of them. And so now I'm bitter about that. And then they're like, oh, there's four more players and they're going to get those guys. And no, they haven't. No, they won't. And the offseason just has not gone the way I wanted it to, Matthew. And so I needed a little bit of bitterness. So it has half a teaspoon of Campari and half a teaspoon is enough. And so that's what's in a bit of spring, man. Now I'm all riled up. I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, right, my cocktail.
0: (laughs) Well, I think I think uh, so. This this cocktail has some contradictions in it. I mean, the hundred proof rye gives it enough kick and spiciness as it is, and and so you know to add that Campari at the end, you're kind of just like. You know, you stick in your middle finger up at the uh, cocktail gods, you know, just a little bit. Let's give it a little bit more oomph on the other side. You have Cointreau, which uh, as far as liqueurs go, isn't overly sweet. So it's 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 no surprise that you had to offset that with a little bit of simple syrup to balance it. Uh, and then the lime juice, I imagine, just kind of sits there underneath because You've got all the spice and bitterness going on and that lime juice probably is just kind of, I don't know. What does that role play in there in that cocktail? Well, the
1: tartness balances out the rye, right? That is its main role is to help balance the rye. But I did make this with lemon juice originally, and that was just way too bright and and like kind of overbearing and kind of ended up just giving this particular arrangement a watery kind of feeling. And so I switched it to the lime juice and that just made a huge difference. And I think it's just because of the lime tartness is not quite as bright it, and it has a little bit more flavor to it that kind of mellows
0: it out, so it's kind of like I think it also adds a little bit of sweetness too. It's not entirely tart; it has a little bit of kind of that, or at least sweet tone undertones. Yeah, I think it's a sweet tone.
1: I, I wouldn't say it's sweet, but it is like a sweeter tone, and that's just because I think it has some darker hues to the flavor than 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 lemon does. So, so that's really the role it's playing. Like it, it is balancing the rye and and the the simple syrup. Is is kind of just there to to soften the rye and 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 the lime juice. These are very sharp kind of things, and so the simple syrup is there to round all of that out. And that that by itself, it was a very good cocktail. But it, it honestly, my inspiration here was a margarita. Mm. Right, this is a Daisy because I actually didn't have any simple syrup here at all to begin with. Right, because you can make a margarita that way, where it's just the orange liqueur, the tequila and the lime juice. But in that case, the tequila is usually a Blanco. Maybe it's a Reposado. It's nothing like a rye, right? Which is very sharp and bright, unless you're using a very bad tequila. And, and so, so that was the inspiration. I added the, the simple syrup to help round out that rye. And then the Campari, that was definitely about the story that I wanted to tell. And But the thing is that bitterness, it really sits quite nicely on top. And I think it kind of pulls everything together. It adds a level of complexity. And I think it helps elevate the Cointreau and the lime juice uh, as well. So I was actually pleasantly surprised with what the Campari was doing. But you'll notice that I used a very, very wimpy amount, right? Like I used half a teaspoon here. And I used, I used a teaspoon at one point and that was, it ruined the cocktail <laughs> from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. From my perspective. So I, I would encourage people to play around with these flavors, but you might want to put more Campari in if you're a bitter soul. Or, you know, uh, you might want to, uh, to add more simple syrup if you just like things really sweet or more lime juice. If you want extra tart, you just, you're just, you're just tart. As you are. Or maybe bitter and tart. That seems like I should like bitter and tart things now that I think about it. But maybe that's why I like sweet stuff, Matthew, to balance out my own inner bitterness and tartness.
0: Probably. Have you talked to your therapist about this? (laughs) Not in this way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think I like sweet cocktails because I'm bitter and tart? Let me explain cocktail balance theory to you first. So anyway, there you go. That is my cocktail celebrating spring, celebrating the beginning of baseball, the bit of spring. I think we've talked about my cocktail enough. What are you drinking
0: this week, Matthew? So I am also drinking an homage to spring, spring training, giant spring training, as as it were. And the hardest part about this cocktail was coming up with a name. And and yeah, and for once, ChatGPT was no help.
1: Darn it, ChatGPT.
0: I know, you know. What good are you if you can't even come up with a sufficient cocktail name?
1: I know. Large language models these days just are not like the ones that they made back in our day.
0: <laughs> serious. Serious. So what I landed on is it's called an orange spring. And uh, I'm not proud of it. I, I'm not like like just touting this name, but but it is what it okay. is. Okay. Oh, you're not proud of the name. Are you proud of the cocktail? I, I like the cocktail. The cocktail is much better than the name, I, and that's kind of why I think I'm disappointed in the name. Is I feel like I should have come up with a name that was more worthy of this cocktail. But uh, let me let me tell you what's in it. So, as we get back to our tip, I really wanted this to be a spring kind of cocktail. So, what 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 spirit really evokes floral notes? Well, gin, right? So. So gin is what I went with. I have one and a half ounces of gin. Then I have one and one quarter ounce of dry orange curacao. Now, dry orange curacao is on the sweeter side. So if you're going to substitute something like Cointreau in its place, then you may need to adjust some sweetness. But, But maybe not. Maybe that'll be just enough for you. Three quarter ounces of lime juice, a quarter ounce of grenadine, Two dashes of orange bitters and one dash of Peychaud's bitters. And you put all of those into a cocktail shaker with ice. And you're going to shake for a good 12 to 15 seconds. You want maximum dilution in this cocktail. And you're going to double strain it into a coupe glass and garnish it with a fresh or dehydrated lime or orange wheel and that's what i'm drinking an orange spring now when you when you drink this the first thing you get surprisingly is the tartness that comes through so this is you know a sour template you know and definitely maybe even in the daisy class it's it's definitely got a little bit of tartness as you sip it But then the sweetness from the orange curacao and the grenadine kind of quickly come up and replace that tartness. You're getting some floral notes from the gin, as well as you're getting some spice from the bitters. It's a very complex uh, cocktail, but it definitely on the orange side, you're definitely getting some citrus notes there. And very... I think definitely does a good job of evoking kind of this floral, orange blossom, spring kind of, kind of notes. So that's what I'm drinking—an orange spring that would do any Giants fan proud. Of. An
1: orange spring. What's interesting, Matthew, is that both of our cocktails are the same color.
0: Yeah, they look very similar. And mine has gin, and yours has has rye.
1: Right. <laughs> they started out at very different places. The uh, Rittenhouse Rye is a very dark. Brown
0: uh, typical whiskey color and and gin is clear, yeah, uh but you know, with the grenadine and the Pehads bitters, I think are kind of what added the color to my to mine
1: I mean, I really like the the yeah your your profile here is a is a sour uh, you're using in, in your curse I was basically in the same ratio as your gin, so I mean, this is a borderline daisy territory. Borderline daisy territory because cause you don't have a any simple syrup in here, any not just straight up sweetener, and that's because the curaçao, as you said, is 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 doing a lot of work, and then of course you added the grenadine. But once again, Matthew, you have created a cocktail where I look at the ingredients and I said, "Man, I really want to drink that because it looks really sweet, and there's no Campari in it." <laughs> I'm looking down at my cocktail and it's got Campari in it. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Because <laughs> you're just a bitter, bitter man. I am a bitter, bitter man. No, but this is, I, you know, a gin and orange, classic combo. I mean, those those go together very, very well. And I think also evokes exactly like you were talking about in the tip of your day, the season and that you wanted to evoke, right? Like bright and and spring but also San Francisco Giants and opening—well, not opening day, first day of spring training. Kitchers and patchers, as we like to say on this show, reporting for their first day. And uh, and yeah, so I I want to ask you here, like, cause I I, I think. I, I know that this is not true, but I, I think somebody might look at a recipe like this and see two dashes of orange bitters and one dash of Peychaud's bitters. Yeah. I mean,
0: does that really matter?
1: I mean, yeah, does, that, does that matter?
0: You know, it it does. And and the, the bitters, it's bitter, right? So they definitely – I think that's one of the reasons why when you first get this, even though there's a lot of sweetness in this cocktail – the bitters really do a lot to provide some balance there. And but and not only balance, but flavor, right? And so it really ups the orange on those orange bitters. You get the citrus notes, crazy citrus notes. And the pechades is kind of like the pepper on, you know, in, in in your food. It's it's there in the background. And you'd miss it if it wasn't there. You know, it gives you a little bit of spice, a little bit of, of something in the background. And, and then and also, I, you know, I like the color that it adds to it, too. So that was kind of a bonus. Right. That's one of the
1: reasons why your cocktail ended up the color that it was. Yes, I agree. Like the orange bitters and the Peychaud's bitters are actually very, very different. And they're doing very different things. Orange bitters really does amp up the orange flavor. And and if you aren't familiar with them or haven't used them very much, they are really, really good at at, at amplifying that orange flavor. Also, lemon bitters are really good at doing that for lemon, and cherry bitters are very good at doing that for the cherry flavor in a non-sweet way. And and they're all distinctly different from something like Peychaud's, and I think your description of it as like a pepper is really, really great, because Peychaud's, like Angostura, those are flavor adders right flavor modifiers right they are bitter but you use them in such a small quantity that you don't really necessarily pick up on the bitter element but what you do pick up on is all of the flavors that are packed into them and peyshads has a very distinct flavor very very different from angostura and in in my mind even though it is extremely bitter to taste when you dilute it, it gives this impression of brightness and sweetness and and spring right yeah it evokes that bright kind of flavor so yeah I, I like that a lot and I imagine you know that because of all of your uh, old-fashioned drinking
0: yeah you know it I mean that's a good point because I think the the bitters as, as, as you play around with all the old fashioned templates, you get to understand kind of what each of the bitters do. And you, you had a good description around like cherry bitters, for example, really amps up any cherry flavor. Like you really want to bring up cherry uh, flavor to it, then add cherry bitters because you will get that on the, on your, on your nose and on the back of your throat as you're sipping your cocktail. And so all these bitters do is provide this nuanced layer of flavor Sometimes amplifying it, sometimes complementing. It it brings something more than just a single note. And so now you've got some more complexity that uh, you didn't have before.
1: In a very simple way. Yeah, well, there you heard it, folks. Don't be afraid to be bitter. (laughs) Right? You have to, like, you as a human being, you have to be open to experiencing all of your emotions. Right? You have to have hope and joy. But sometimes you have to be accept the fact that we go to dark places and so you need to embrace the bitters. Oh wait. I'm sorry, I went off on tangent again <laughs> there. Maybe I really do need to talk to my therapist. Note not to self-get therapist. <laughs> I already have one. Well there you have it, folks. A bit of spring and An orange spring. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to make them yourselves, or maybe you made something better, take a scot of it, sponsored by Giant Cocktails. Or maybe just paint a word picture and send it to us on Instagram, Twitter, the threads formerly known as threads. What? That's not right. Send it to us on Instagram, the Twitter formerly known as Twitter, threads or Mastodon. We love to interact
0: with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend, an in-law, a casual acquaintance, an enemy, or a complete stranger about our show. And thank you to those of you who have already done so. It really does help the show. Or an imaginary friend, which
1: I know doesn't make sense, but while you're... I don't think that would really help the show at all. (laughs) Well, if you're yelling it, at the imaginary friend, other people on the street might hear it.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Then by all means, imaginary friends. Yes, I don't.
1: I don't know. I'm actually rethinking whether or not that's a good idea or not. Well, try it out. Try it out. Try it out. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. If you, <laughs> just 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 pretend like you're yelling at people that aren't there, on the street, and we'll see if that boosts our ratings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very scientific study.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and on that note. We'll see you all next Monday when we'll be drinking these very same cocktails while Matthew and I break down in minute detail the first four days of spring training. Until
0: then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody.
1: Winter, slumbering in the open air, wears on its smiling face... A dream of spring. Ciao.
0: Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Okay.
1: That's a quote from a movie. Oh, okay. Can you guess what movie? No. Uh, here, maybe I'll, 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 read, I'll read another one. I'll read another one. A, a quote from that. Ever. The wretch concerned all in self living shall forfeit fair renown and doubly dying shall go down to the vile dust from whence he sprung unwept unhonored and unsung. Happy Gilmore? That happy Gilmore? Close. (laughs) Close. Some people would consider this a rom-com.
0: So it's a Shakespearean play?
1: (laughs) No, it's Groundhog's Day. (laughs) The spring, spring, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good old groundhog. I, yeah, because like the, the the man and the groundhog, they have a romantic relationship, and yeah. it's funny. Not to mention
0: Andy McDowell. Oh right, her too. <laughs> <laughs>